pulling something together today. We've got a lot going on. Uh, it's great that God has allowed us to us this. I love studying the Word of God. I uh, probably come across it a few times over the years. And, uh, I just uh, I love to read it. Be sure again. Love to study it. I love to stop and, and meditate on it. I love to get behind it, find out historically what's going on, the moment something was written or something occurred. And see how the hand, you just see the hand of God working in the midst of things. It's just uh, it's amazing. Even in your own personal life, how you see God over the years doing things. I, I came on staff of uh, Temple North Slab Christ Church April 1st, 1984. I was seven. And uh, <laughs> the very first person I met, we, had, we were still meeting in the rent building. Consider your 
your ways. Just pause and reflect. Ponder. Look at your life and say, am I where God wants me to be? Am I doing what God wants me to do? Not the guy next to me, not the guy behind me, not the person in front of me, but me. That the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and the Word of God talks to me. And as I look at my life with an honest, objective view, I'm going to share something incredibly neat with you. So you might want to write this down. Oh, you are Incredibly neat. God knows everything about you. You're not hiding anything from him. You can hide stuff from your wife. Uh, I don't know, maybe you can. I can do that. You can. You hide some stuff from yourself. You're not hiding anything from God. Now that's a good thing. And sometimes it's a bad thing. But the good thing about it is you just need to say, all right, Lord, Dad, where am I messing up? What do you want me to do? So as you look at Haggai, let's go to chapter 2, verse 1, where we were last week. In the seventh month of the 21st day of the month, wherefore we came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shechem, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Please notice the three entities. We talked about this before, we'll see it again today as we look at it. Three entities that he speaks to. The governor, the high priest, and the people, the remnant, the ones who came back from the Babylonian captivity, the Jews who had come back. Remember, God sent them back and he said, the number one priority is to build what? The temple. Build the temple. And the application for us as the church is we exist for one reason, to build God's temple. To build the body of Christ, the church, the bride of Christ, to share the good news of the gospel. Here we are at Christmas, Christ with us, God with us, Emmanuel, as we celebrate the advent of God himself who came to redeem, make salvation possible for us. We were to build that temple, stone by living stone, as Peter said, sharing the gospel, seeing people saved, seeing people come into the kingdom, seeing people grow up. One generation, I think about this yesterday, talking to some of my kids, and, and the help they just Hanging out in the parking lot with a couple of college kids, a couple of high school kids, and I think, and they were special, very special young people that, that I just have got to know over the last 10 years of living out here, our Arlington kids, and just talking to them and saying that sometimes you look at college age students or high school students and you think, oh God, our world is in serious trouble. <laughs> Don't you think my parents and yours are making the same thing? When I looked at my dad, looked at my brother in 1969 as he fled to Canada to avoid the draft, and as he went to Woodstock, and my, my, and my dad, a World War II veteran, was thinking, what? I'm going to kill my son if I get older him again. Then he looked at me and said, oh, there is no hope. <laughs> you know, that kid only lives for one thing, that's to shoot basketball. All he cares about is that the only thing in his life that he cares anything about. And then you look at, like, I'm thinking of those kids yesterday, I'm talking to them, and watching them. Across the parking lot, bow their heads and pray with people as they load uh, groceries and, and clothes into their car, and genuinely caring about total strangers for no other reason that they exist as human beings. What's that called? Seeing Christ. People love people because they, they didn't know them, didn't know anything about them. All they knew was they could love them. And I'm thinking, you know what? Church is going to be a good hand to that, right? You know, 
God always has a remnant. Please don't miss that picture here. God always has a remnant. Millions of them went to Babylon. Millions. How many came back? Remnant? We'll read about it in Haggai. 50,000. 50,000. But they carried on, right? <laughs> Sovereign God had a remnant through whom he brought the Messiah. When Jesus died on the cross. Did things look good for the followers of the one true God? No, they did not. The 11 who were the, were the core that were going to carry on, his disciples, all of them thought it's over and they were fleeing. And I guess I'll go back fishing. And they were defeated. But then he rose from the dead. And they began to realize. They began to see it. And within 100 years, they turned, historically and biblically, you can see it, they turned the world upside down because they believed in the risen Christ. So 2,000 plus years later, that's why we're here. That's why we exist. That's why the remnant, now called the church, is so significant. Because we share truth that sets people free. It gives them a reason for existence, for hope. So please don't miss this. He shares it with another, the Word of God. He shares it with the high priest, the religious leader, the Word of God. And he shares it with the remnant. Now back to chapter 2, verse 3. Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? How do you see it now? In comparison with it, as, is this not in your eyes? This is the key phrase everything we're going to look at today. Is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now, yet now, be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, the son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land. There's the three entities again. The governor, the high priest, and the people. Be strong. Hang on to that phrase for a moment. All you people on the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. Look on your handout at number one. That's what we dealt with last week. Here's their problem. They're thinking about, they're celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. Remember the context. They're celebrating the great exodus when God delivered them from bondage in Egypt. Get them in the wilderness. He was with them in the wilderness, provided by their provision. Take them to the wilderness, to the promised land. And then they go into the promised land, and now, ultimately, they go into the promised land, led by Joshua. And here they are now. Because of disobedience, they spent 70 years in captivity. There's really basically only two tribes left. They come back to the land. God says, I want you to build the temple. They start working on it. They quit after two years. Now, here we are 16 years later. They finally started building again. And they look at what they're building. what we talked about last week. I'm going to go back over all that again. They, they look at what they've been building. And in their eyes, they're living in the past. They're discouraged. They're disappointed. Because they're thinking about Solomon's temple and its amazing, incredible glory. $20 million worth of gold went into Solomon's temple. And, there, and it was leveled by Babylon. It no longer had been gone for 70 years. So what Zerubbabel and Joshua and the people need to understand that don't look at it from your eyes. That's where we were last week. They were looking at it with their eyes, your eyes. They were looking at the past and wanting to live in that past glory. They were discouraged and they were disappointed because what they were building would never from human eyes would never compare with Solomon's temple. But God says, I don't want you to look at it with your eyes. 
to look at it with God. Because God said, I want you to build this temple. My presence is going to be in this temple. And that's all that matters is that it's the presence of God. We talked about it last week. But prior to December 17th, 2006, if you were right here in this physical spot where you are now, where would you have been? You've been in the produce aisle or something at Gordon Butcher Shop. Because that's what it was before it became this particular location of Christ Church. This particular campus that God provided, we could be meeting in the parking lot. We could be meeting in a field somewhere. When we're meeting, whose presence are we in? The one true God who is our Father. I read a great quote this week. Here's what it said. I don't know who said it, but it's beautiful. Disappointment to a noble soul is what cold water is with burning metal. It strengthens, it tempers, it intensifies, but it never destroys. They were disappointed. God said, I don't want you to be that way. I want you to be strong. I want you to get stronger. I want you to trust me. I want you to look at it with my eyes. See, versus what we just saw, they were looking at it with their eyes. They were looking back, and they were sad. God says, I want you to look forward. That's what we're going to start today. I want you to look forward. Don't rest on your laurels. And don't revel in the past glory. Look at where you are now. Trust me, and let's look forward. Verse 4 again. Yet now, in spite of what you think, in spite of the glory of Solomon's temple and what those who remember it are telling you, remember it's been 70 years since anybody has seen Solomon's temple. There were still some of them around. <coughs> the younger ones are being told about how great Solomon's temple was. God said, we're not living in Solomon's temple anymore. It's gone. This is going to be Zerubbabel's temple, and I want you to glory in it. Yet now, in spite of the past, and notice, God says, I want you to do something. Verse 4, yet now, forgetting that, Looking forward, I want you to do something. Yet now, be strong. It says that the all three entities in the Hebrew simply means be courageous and do not give up. Do my work. Be strong. That phrase, be strong, was incredibly significant to Jewish people. During the Feast of Tabernacles, which is what they are celebrating, even as Haggai gets up to speak. They're celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. Remember, it lasted for seven days. They lived in tents, celebrating the Exodus like they lived in the wilderness. As they celebrate the Exodus, one of the things that happened during the Feast of Tabernacles is that they would read out loud Deuteronomy 31. Sometime this week, you get a chance. Just go read that chapter. Thank you for meditating on what you're seeing in Haggai. Read Deuteronomy 31. Maybe read it out loud to your family together. Just read it for yourself. It was read to the people. And Moses in Deuteronomy 31 says to Joshua, not this Joshua, but Joshua that led him in the conqueror of the promised land. Three times in Deuteronomy 31, he says the phrase, be strong. The word of the law, be strong. Three times Joshua, God told Joshua, be strong. Three times David told Solomon when he was building the first temple. Three times, David told his son Solomon, be strong, be strong, trust me, understand that your God 
his reader. The phrase be strong was integral to Jews. It's not an accident that God has Haggai say it here. He said, don't look at the past. Don't think about that. Don't be disappointed. Don't be discouraged. I want you to look to me and be strong. What's the second thing he wants them to do? Verse 4. Be strong, Joshua, high priest, and the people, and do what? Work. Work. So notice the progression. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't look around with your eyes and be disappointed. Put your eyes on me and be strong, courageous, persevere in what? Doing the work. What was their work? They were to build what? Temple. Get back to work. Not on Solomon's temple. Get back to work on this temple. Do what I tell you to do. Obey me. Build my temple. What is our job as the church of Jesus Christ? It's to build God's temple. Not to be somebody else's church. We are to be what God wants us to be. I'm to be what God called me to be, gifted me to be. Whatever gifts God has given to you, we are to use those on behalf of each other, and we are to go build the temple. We're part of the temple. Just like any church where believers are meeting is part of the same great temple, the body of Christ. This is where God has us. He doesn't have us somewhere else. But wherever he has us is where we're supposed to be. If you lived in the 70s, it's a great prayer. Bloom where you're planted. Wherever God places you, that's his call on you and his position for you to be strong and build the temple. It might be here. It might be in Destin, Florida. God may be calling you to start Christ Church in the coast. <laughs> I'm struggling with that. I think we need Christ Church in the coast. I don't like cold weather. You don't like me. Wherever God places you, we don't need to be somebody else. We need to be who we are. We don't need to worry about what we used to be. We need to be what God wants us to be right now and do it. Be strong and get back to work. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop being discouraged. Stop being disappointed. Did our God stop being God? Yes, no. No. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Trust him. Think about these people. They come back from Babylon to nothing. The land has been leveled. Temple's gone, Jerusalem's gone, they're surrounded by enemies. God said, I'm going to give you the land back and go back and rebuild my temple. And we're going to rebuild the city. So let's start with the temple. That focus, that point. Because the temple represented the presence of God. But he says to us, just build my temple. Wherever you find yourself, love people, share the gospel. Let's see what happens. Trust your God. Work. And then finally, there in verse 5, the other thing he tells him to do. According to the word that I have covenanted with you, that's the key word in the entire Bible, the word covenant. The Bible is divided into two sections the New Testament and the Old Testament. The word testament means covenant. It means solemn promise. So when, I, when people exchange marriage vows, that's the word covenant. I make a promise that I will keep no matter what. So God says, I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, the Mosaic law. So my spirit remains among you. Look at the end of verse 5. I I see this phrase throughout the Bible over and over and over again. What's the last phrase in verse 5? I want us all to say it together. Do not fear. And what's the punctuation mark at the end of that statement? (laughs) I helped you there. (laughs) Those who struggle with 
English, I'll help you with that. It's a, an exclamation point. In other words, he's saying, stop looking back. Stop looking at the Samaritans. Stop worrying about everybody else. Trust me, get back to work and do not fear. Paul wrote to Timothy, do not be given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Our God is who? Omnipotent, creator of the universe. He's the Lord of hosts. He's Jehovah, Yahweh, Elohim. You can go on and on, name after name after name. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the bright and morning star. He is the great I am. Do not fear. It may not work out the way you want it to. It may not work out the way you think it should. It may not work out the way other people look at it if you think it should. Do you know what? Whose smile are we looking for? Other people's or dad's? I want dad to have a day. I want my dad to have a day. My own life growing up, I had absolutely no relationship with my father growing up. Nothing. I never bothered me. I didn't know that I was supposed to have this. When I got saved, someone began to teach me about our Heavenly Father. Man, it made all the difference in the world in my life to understand that I had a Father. His name was God. His love reigned. He sent His Son to die. He wanted the best for me. It, it's set me on fire. I've always had a goofy personality. I don't know if you picked up on that. <laughs> I love to meet people. I love to talk. I've always been that way. I love to laugh. I've always been able to make fun of myself. Even in kingdom and school, I didn't care. I wanted a clown, I'm your man. Then I began to meet people with a different perspective. Realizing my father loved them too. So as I got to meet them and get to know them, what did I talk to them about? My father. I love to brag on my dad. Remember the Oscar Meyer? I knew my dad had been like and I felt it. But I also knew my heavenly father. And then notice he tells him not to fear. He gives him some reasons. Number one, I am with you. Number one message in the book of Haggai is consider your ways. Realize I'm with you. And we told the Virgin Mary, the angel told the Virgin Mary, that we celebrate Christmas. God is with you. You are highly blessed, favored one. Blessed among women. You get to be the mother of the Messiah. God is with you. Emmanuel, just mentioned her a moment ago. We celebrated Christmas. We sing about it. Three people sing it all year all over. And I, I have to confess, I've already listened to Christmas music 24-7. I love it. Other than certain songs. I love Christmas music. People singing Emmanuel! Emmanuel! Veiled with his rights and privileges as God to 
be a human, to die in my place, to die a crucifying death, not easy death, the most torturous way a man has ever seen to kill another man. He chose to die that way because he loved me. That's a God you can get behind. That's a God you can serve. That's a God you can share with people. That's the God of Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. In the Great Commission, that Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, said to us, what? Go into all the world and make learner followers of me and teach them what I taught you and I am with you always. So, today, on November, or whatever the date is, <laughs> 2017, by the way, whose life do we base that on? That would be a negative one. 2017 means from his life, his birth. I know Donald died, the year of our Lord. He said, I'm with you always. So as we sit here in November 2017, and as we leave here to go into our world and share the gospel with our world, who's with us? I'll see. I am with you. And he also said, in the writer of Hebrews, quotes from the Old Testament, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So he says to him, get back to work. Number one, because I'm with you. Number two, there in verse five, because of my covenant promise, according to the word I covenanted with you and I brought you out of Egypt. In other words, I want you to get back to work. I want you not to fear. Number one, because I'm with you. Number two, because I told when I tell you something, when I make a covenant promise, what do you know? I will keep on. So I told you when I brought you out of Egypt, I was going to give you this. And I'm going to do these things for you. And we got sidetracked because you disobeyed me. But now let's get back on track. Get back to work. When I make you a promise, I keep my promise. And then the last one there is because I am with you. I remain with you. Please, I want you to see this context here. We're going to stop with this. See this context. Back to verse 5. According to the word that I covenanted with you, when you came out of Egypt, set free from bondage, headed to the promised land, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Remains among you. I, I was with Moses. I gave you the tabernacle. And had the Holy of Holies with the presence of God, who were Aaron and the high priest, year after year would go in there and make sacrifice to the sins of people. I met you at the tabernacle, tent of meeting. I was with you in Solomon's temple. I was in that temple. I was in the tabernacle with you. I was in Solomon's temple with you. And I will be with you. It, I, it remains. My spirit remains with you. I will be with you in this temple. Trust me. Trust me. In Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul wrote these incredible words. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. 
Now I'm going to live in the glory of Solomon's temple. We're going to focus on Zerubbabel's temple, and we're going to have trouble of vision. To the us today, what did God say? We're not going to rest in the past. We're going to focus on Jesus Christ. We're going to build his temple. We're going to carry on. I want to show you one last thing. I said that a minute ago, didn't I? If you're a good preacher, you can say one last thing, you can do one more. All right. Look at number two in your handout. I want you to notice one thing quick. The glory of the latter temple. This would be Rumble. Verse six. Four. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, once more, it's a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea, and the dry land. I want you to understand, we're going to deal with this next week. Here's what God is telling you. Understand this. I'm not finished. Yeah, I know it looks bad right now. But I made you a promise, and I will keep my promise. I made a promise to Abraham that there's a Messiah coming. He's coming. And I'm going to finish this temple. We're going to finish the Rumble Temple. There's another great temple coming. You know what that temple is? It's the church. They don't know that yet. But we're going to see it happen. We're living it right now. I think sometimes we wake up like that. I sure wish Jesus would come back. How long, how long have Christians been saying that? You read the Bible? They believed he was coming back in their lifetime. The early church, the New Testament church. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I didn't know this. He is coming back. Once more, I'm going to shake. The earth. Remember to be that. Get the past. Look forward. Look forward. And get back to work. Trust me. Don't be here. Trust me. Bow your heads, please. finish our time together today sharing the Lord's Supper. I pray we would remember what it means. The glory of the person of Jesus Christ. Who he is. What he did at the cross. When he rose from the dead. What we celebrate at Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. We would remember that. And then we would leave here and proclaim that for our world. Not discouraged, not disappointed because things aren't the way they used to be or the way we want them to be, because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus conquered sin and death so that we might live forever. So, Lord, as we begin to, to head into the Christmas season, I pray we can be excited about who our Emmanuel is and building his temple. Pray in his name. As we get ready to